This is the Media Week Industry Podcast from the people at mediaweek.com.au. Welcome to a new Media Week podcast. We're going to be talking digital publishing today. My special guest, Rhianne Allen, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. Now, you mightn't be a household name for a lot of the listeners to the Media Week podcast, but I think you probably will be soon because you've got a business called The Healthy Mummy. It's been going for eight years, but you're, just, you're building some massive audiences now doing big numbers. Just tell us a little bit about what the Healthy Mummy is for people who don't know it. Okay, cool. Yeah, so it's all about healthy weight loss for busy mums. Um, And we now have over one and a half million mums across social media who um, follow us. And we have um, over 900,000 unique mums on the um, website every single month. And we've just launched in the UK literally a couple of weeks ago after being in Australia for nearly eight years now. So it's a a pretty um, busy business. (laughs) Is that your your first international? Do you do anything in New Zealand or do you have customers there anyway? Or, or other markets? Yeah, we have customers in New Zealand. So we have um, we have a consultant. So we have a Healthy Mummy consultant in New Zealand who manages the, the New Zealand market for us. And we've got about, I think we've got about 20,000 across social on a, in a private group over in New Zealand. But um, shipping is a killer from Australia. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I mean, Australia has always been our focus. Um, and then we always wanted to do the UK, but it was um, a big job to do it. There was, it was about 12 months of building a new website and a new app because our app here is called the 28-Day Weight Loss Challenge. And that's got 4,000 recipes and customizable meal plans and so on. And it's used by hundreds, hundreds of thousands of mums every day. Um, but we had to create a separate one in the UK so it could be um, tailored for the UK market. So that was around a 12-month build getting that ready and we launched it um, about three weeks ago now which has gone really well. Now I was lucky enough just to talk to you recently on um, Sky News Business and you told some fascinating insights about the the start of the business. I'd like to get a bit more detail on that but tell us about before The Healthy Mummy. Now you were working in magazines, yes? Yes, I was. So I was sales director of the Key Accounts division in ACP. And what's Key Accounts? Key Accounts was, is basically the top spending clients for um, ACP, and there's about 12 of them in there, so the likes of Procter & Gamble and Unilever and J&J and Toyota and so on, and um, we would manage their entire businesses across not just ACP, but we also did some across 9MSN and um, 9 as well. Um, so I did that for, I was there for about seven years, but I'd been in media for about 12 years. I'd come from London, um, and um, you know, I loved what I did, but I never felt that that's what I wanted to do for it's never really what I really felt in my heart that's what I wanted to do um, I always had a real you know interest for nutrition and health and in my last couple of years I'd done online courses and I, and I thought that's really where I wanted to be but I didn't know how to actually make that happen then I got pregnant and um, it really caused me to make the kind of I suppose get to the crossroads and decide what am I going to do with with my future because um, I'd seen from many, many industries and knowing lots of people and seeing, you know, experiences that other people had had after they'd had kids, that corporate life wasn't particularly nice to mums. And, um, and I was really kind of didn't really want to fall into that. So I thought now is my kind of chance to do something that I really want. So I was gaining weight in pregnancy. And, um, you know, obviously my interest in nutrition and health was like, well, maybe there's something in this. So I started doing a lot of research and I realized there was nothing anywhere that existed to help mums lose weight and get healthy after having kids. So that kind of got me quite excited. So I did lots lots more research and then I did a business plan. And then at six months pregnant, I quit my job, um, sold my house 
And um, when I was about eight months pregnant, I launched the business. So yeah, and then it was all a bit crazy, but I did it. <laughs> now you've, you've been self-funded yes. all along the way, yeah? Yep. Yeah, all along the way. So I've never taken a loan or gone into debt or anything. So yeah, so it's, it's, it's been, um, you know, I, I had no idea about finance. I still really don't. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I just kind of, I took it day by day and, and basically placing the customers number one, listening to what they wanted, always getting their buy-in before I launched anything so I didn't make mistakes. And then whenever um, we made money, we just reinvested it back into the business. And, um, and yeah, so I never had to, was in a situation where we had to get a loan or um, or ever kind of go into debt because we always managed the money really carefully and always let, let the customer decide what we were going to launch. And then, you know, as, as the business grew and it scaled, um, it just kind of, it just went much, much bigger than I ever would have anticipated it was going to go. And, um, and we just kind of, money just became quite irrelevant then because it just grew so fast. Yeah, I'm interested in what you just said then about the, letting the customer decide. So did you have a vision that you'd be where you are today or did the sort of where the customers wanted to go, did that help take the business in in certain directions? Yeah, I totally didn't have a vision. <laughs> and I didn't, I didn't, everyone always says along the way, oh, did you have this like, you know, eight-year business plan? And I'm like, uh, no, <laughs> not at all. I just wanted to do something good and I wanted to help people. I wanted to have a business that I could work from home. Um, I didn't want to have to ever go back to media and, and work in a corporate job. So that, that was my kind of, um, that's all I really wanted. Um, and then I just let the customer decide what they wanted all the time. So they would, you know, um, through social media, which has been amazing for our business, they would talk to us all the time. And I've always been heavily, heavily involved in that. Even to this day, I'm in our Facebook groups, you know, six, seven times a day. And I let people talk to me and I talk back to them. Um, they tell me what they want. Then when if we get, you know, um, people saying 10 different things, we get them to vote for what they want first. And then I'll say, okay, well, I can't do all of them this month or this quarter. So you vote for what you want. And the top two will do this month. And, and we launch around um, two products a month at the moment and we have done for about two years now and that's based on the customer saying what they want and and, and the priority of, of when they want it and then we basically just roll that so it gives them a voice makes them it makes me feel confident with, with what we're investing in because you know the, the actual um, consumer will buy it and we don't waste money we've never had an issue with any product we've launched that we've gotten and that was a mistake that didn't work for us so that's always been a key thing for our cash flow and growing the business and even now with the UK we funded the UK launch from the Australia um, budget so you in effect get if the customers choose a product, yeah. it's, it's virtually to protesting it, isn't totally, it? Totally, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Right. And we'll sometimes do, you know, um, a small run of something. Mm-hmm. It might only produce 10,000 of something. And then, you know, just to just in case I'm not 100%, even though they've said they wanted it, and then if they love it, then we'll go into mass production afterwards. Right. So, yeah, but I always... It, 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 it avoids, you know, any, any huge errors along the way. Always just making sure that the customer is in the dialogue all the time and they're kind of choosing what stuff we launch as opposed to me thinking I know the best thing which you know I often you know might think I know the best thing but when I ask the customer I'm like oh no I'm wrong you know the customer knows the best thing the customer is always right yeah (laughs) it's true I mean the website offers lots of what do you call them verticals or or different subjects uh, headings Um, but to me it looks 
looks like maybe weight loss is, is one of the central things yeah. that, are, that attract your audience? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, in the beginning, it was always about weight loss um, because, you know, I suppose mum's wanting a result, which was I want to lose weight after I've had kids. As the business has evolved and grown over the years, we've, we've gone down lots of different other avenues. For example, you know, they wanted healthy kids smoothies. So... You know, for example, Milo is um, marketed as a healthy drink, mm-hmm. but if if you look at it, it's got 50% sugar. It's it's not very healthy. You know, I think I can say. Sure. Um, so mums were saying to us, "Hey, we love what you do. Can you create healthy healthy kids smoothies?" I'm like, "Well, it's not really what we're about." But considering how many people were asking, and there were tens and tens of thousands of people asking, I said, "Okay, well." Fair enough, if you want it, we'll, we'll create it. So we created Healthy Kids Chocolate Smoothie, which didn't have any added sugar, had double the vitamins and minerals um, that's, that a product like Milo did, and it has been an enormous seller, so much so now that we've done it in strawberry, vanilla, um, and we're doing it in some other flavors as well because the customer wants it. So, you know, even though it may not have originally been part of what we were originally doing, it is now being there you know we're we're doing activewear we launched activewear a couple of months ago so that's not necessarily um weight loss it's just Mm -hmm. clothing um but it's what people want you know we we launched a recipe only app um literally um three weeks ago now i think the recipe only app launched nothing to do with weight loss Mm because mum said okay we love you we love what you do but what about if i don't want to lose weight i just want a recipe app which helps me cook dinner at night and i don't have to worry about you know um you know what to make so that was a big build but we had enough people wanting it that we said okay we'll invest in creating that so if i feel enough mums want it and i feel it's a good product then i'll do it the the cycle that do you do you have um what do you call them users um customers come in then they might drop off after they stop having children or do you find people actually stay a lot longer and in, in like a in that environment yeah, it's, it's quite incredible. We have a very low churn rate because, um, as you said, most people might come in because they see, they see the weight loss results and, you know, they go, oh, my goodness, you know, I want to get that weight, weight loss results. Mm. But then they stay because they join this community, which is quite um, different to anything else that is in existence online because it's so supportive and we invest so much in making it like that. And then they stay for the lifestyle the friendships the support and everything else that we do and that's when the likes of people then say okay we've lost the weight we don't want to do the 28 day weight loss challenge anymore can you create an app which is just recipes and that and that's when you know that's how that kind of app build um, came up because we said okay there's there's, there's literally so many mums asking for that that we can't ignore that fact that they want that yes it's an enormous new app to build because our apps are very large apps they're not like a quick put together app they're like you know like a 12 month build but we're like you know there's so many people who want it because we don't want to lose this great relationship with the customer the loyalty we've built we just have to provide um products and services that they want and they want this so if this means they're going to stay with us and they feel they don't need to leave after they've lost their weight or you know if 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 they're um, not even interested in weight loss you know Marlene might, you know, suddenly decide she doesn't want to lose weight. She just mm. wants healthy recipes. And then, you know, someone might so say, well, check stuff, out there's other stuff that we do. So, yeah, so um, it is people stay. So the churn rate is very low. And it's about us as a business listening to the, to the customer and identifying how we can better serve them by creating services and products to suit their lives. So, Rianne, tell me, you've sold your house. You've launched the website. You're thinking, geez, I've got to make this work. Were there critical 
um, hires or consultants you worked with in the early days that really helped get you on the way? Or, or was there a bit of fumbling around before you realised you, you needed some help or some expertise? Yeah, no, it's really funny because, you know, I went into it completely blind, really. I mean, um, I didn't have a mentor, didn't have anyone to help me. Um, The only thing I did was that um, I put together a team of experts and nutritionists and exercise people to build the plans because that's not me. Um, Because it was always about creating expert products and plans. You know, I didn't ever want anyone to think I've just Googled stuff and put stuff (laughs) together. (laughs) It's just me making stuff up. So I invested a lot in experts to to actually create what we have. Um, But I never had a business mentor. I think it was year three before I actually got um, an accountant on to sort out the mess I'd created with finance. (laughs) But... um, but no, and, and I, you know, so I just kind of, um, I just, I was, I was very much focused on the day to day, and you know, probably a business person would say that's probably not very good. But mm-hmm. I, I did. I remember there was a, an awesome lady called Julia Bickerstaff who is um, fantastic. She's got a great business called um, the Business Bakery, and it was about year four, year five maybe. And uh, I met her through a, a networking event, and I said, "Oh God, Julia, can you help me? Because I think I've, I, I'm terrible at finance." And she said, and she, and she, and she actually is an accountant as well. And she said, "It doesn't matter that you're terrible at finance. What matters is that you've created something that most people." People could never have created employ someone who's great at finance don't worry about it you know because that's not your skill set and she made me feel so much better <laughs> about about my awful spreadsheets with my profit and loss which were always round numbers and everyone was like why are they all round numbers and I was like it's just because I just kind of you know guessing <laughs> but um yeah so I think I think for me I just focus every day I, w- I was if, if you'd have told me on day one what it was all going to be like I'd have probably been scared out of my mind Mm. but I just focused on every day on the customer and then you know and then I gave myself sales targets every week of what I was going to go to and I love a target and I always kind of work to that so and then it was just growing it week by week and you know giving myself a high five when I did um, good stuff and when we get good feedback from customers but I at the beginning the first couple of years I was everything I wore 25 hats every single day I was customer service I was product development I was you know um, the writer I was everything so um, and then as, as time went on um, I just hired more and more people to kind of take that load off and help the business grow was there a was there a pivotal sort of moment where you where people came in and you had to sort of let go a little bit that, that, that you were worried but then you realised yeah you had to get some help because it was getting too big I think it was probably um, it's probably around year five, I think, where because um, I was still running it from home. Maybe no, it was year four. Sorry, I was still running no. it from home, and um, and someone said, you know, you need to um, you need to actually get an office because you can't you can't you can't do it like this anymore because you can't scale and grow. And I think we were at three million then, and they said you can't scale and grow. You have to, you know. Um, train other people up and I said but it's easier if I do it <laughs> I said you know you, you need to train people up so that was really tough so we so we got an office in Manly and um, and it was really hard because we had to find all local staff and then train people up and now we've got 25 people in the Manly office so I definitely say getting the office in Manly and 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 you know really hiring all the local um, talent mm. was a really big moment because it allowed 
me to get freed up from doing all the day to day. Costs obviously went up, but then so did revenue, and um, it kind of. I think. I think from around that period, um, it started to. I think it was about 100 percent year-on-year turnover from that period so um, and, and that came from you know we, we invested more in digital products so we launched our app um, we had more and more product development lines coming out so um, you know we really invested um, and I suppose as the business grew and we, we made more revenue we just put it back into the business all the time with new products that the customer wanted. Social media how important was that and um was that one of your plans, your strategies, or did you sort of realise and, and what were some of the wins that you had on social media? Yeah. I think social media is, has been so critical in our business and in so many businesses today mm. because it enables, if you do something good and you've got a good product, then it enables that message to get out really quickly. You know, likewise, if you've got a bad product and you do something bad, it will get out quickly. You know, we see that a lot, don't we, with PR disasters from bigger companies and so on. So for me, I love social media and, um, you know, it's, it's always about kind of um, utilising social media to the best of, of our ability. So we, we have, you know, a huge number of mums who are our advocates and they help spread the word so much about what we do. And I think, you know, we've been unwavering in, in our kind of, I suppose, strategy of saying the customer is always number one, but not just saying it, living it and believing it and acting it every single day. Um, and then, you know, and they help spread the word about what we do um, across social media. You know, we've still got, you know, so much to do as well in that area because obviously I think in the first couple of years, the algorithms with Facebook were a lot kinder than algorithms are today. Uh, but we're in a position that we can pay for reach on Facebook. A lot of people and businesses are not in the position that they can pay for reach on, on, on Facebook, which is tough. But... But still even, the organic algorithm on Facebook is still, is still there today, even though people complain about it, it is still there, right. and you just have to produce really great content. Mm. That's the key. Yeah. It is less than it used to be, absolutely, but it's still there. Did any of the platforms welcome you more than others and, and give you assistance when they realised you were, you were generating maybe some substantial traffic? No, <laughs> not at all, not okay. at all, not at all. I think, I mean, Facebook obviously is, is the biggest one that's grown, but yeah. they're all about making money, right? It's, you yes. know, whether they, can, whether they can make it all the time. I mean, um, we do work quite closely with Facebook now. We're pretty lucky that we've got, you know, Facebook on our side, but they still, they want to make as much money from every business as possible. So, yeah. but that's fine. You know, at the end of the day, I'm happy to pay for it because they help us grow the business. So, yeah. you know. Having a look around your website, you have some good photography. Do you, do you, is that stuff you buy in or do you do your own photo sessions and stuff? Yeah, so we spend a lot on, on, um, on content. So we have four full-time nutritionists and chefs and photographers and um, all they do is they, they shoot every single month. So we have in our 28-day weight loss challenge app, we have 100 new recipes going in every single month. So we have a whole team. Are they reader generated or no? So our, so yeah. So our so our nutritionist will have um, will have a theme for the month. So for example, this month in April it's um, sugar detox. Mm-hmm. So all the recipes have to be no added sugar, and they're all around sugar detox because it was after Easter. Next month, starting Monday, it's the um, belly blaster. So if you want to blast your belly, James, then <laughs> that's the one you've got to do. Um, and all the food is around, and exercises is around recipes to actually, you know, um, get rid of belly fat. So they have a theme every single month, and the nutritionists create the recipes. 
then the chefs and the photographers cook them, shoot them, give them to our project manager, the project manager uploads them and then divvies them out to the marketing team and the social team um, and it goes out everywhere. So it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge operation because there's so much coming out all the time but with the UK we can we've already got all that content because yes. we've produced it all we just have to switch it around with seasonality yeah you, you can never really have too many good photos can no. you because they're just yeah. social media is a hungry beast Absolutely. and you can feed it little insights you might have for us I mean are there times of the day days of the week that, are, that you found are better for you for, for yeah. pumping out stuff yeah I mean everyone's different depending on your audience okay. so our, our audience are busy tired mums yes. so night time's always good for us okay. Sunday night particularly is really good for us um, Friday night's good I mean night time's good Monday morning's good as well because um, after they get their kids to school it's kind of that little oh you know <laughs> few and then they go online but I mean there's there's never any uh, a quiet time for us because our audience is mums so they're on all the time but there's just peaks there's just a few spikes of, of the week and most of your traffic I guess is on mobile oh yeah so about 85% is on mobile wow. so you know I, I feel like I say it's like blue in the face of the team but you know it's like when you do so good because everyone in the office is on desktop right yeah, yeah. so whenever they create anything so they go work yeah on mobile, right? I'm like it looks great on desktop but just <laughs> minimise it down because it's only mobile I really care about <laughs> yes yeah do you get many blokes looking at the site and I'll, I'll mention this because I was on there the other day <laughs> as a diligent research and I came across a recipe and I thought I could do that so I did it yeah. and it came up a tree so, you know, it's some, I, I might use it as a recipe source oh, exactly. for the future. So, well, we, we, we do get a lot of mums asking us to do a healthy daddy um, selection. So we do have a healthy husband cookbook right. um, that we did on Father's Day a couple of years ago. Uh-huh. But we do get asked a lot about, can we create a healthy daddy book shake something? Yeah. And I'm kind of like, it's one of those things that I'm kind of, I'm aware it's there. And if we get enough people asking for it, then we will look at it. But we get um, a, a lot of dads who go, I actually quite like these recipes, but I'm not keen on the pink. So could, could you do us just a, you know, a black recipe book or something like that? But we do get asked for it a lot, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, wonderful. Okay, so what's the future got for you? Tell us about international plans. So you're going into the UK. Yes. Now, again, I think you've, you've self-financed this yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, have you had overtures for people wanting to get on board, you know, they're to partner you or yeah. maybe really totally invest? Yeah, yeah so um, so we, we um, a private equity firm purchased half the business in September of last year. Okay. So, and that was, um, we'd had a number of people wanting to invest in the business over the past few years and I've always said no. Um, and in September of last year, I said yes. And <laughs> because, and it was really because the size of businesses was getting, was getting kind of so big that I felt that now is the time to actually bring someone on um, to help really scale it because it's, you know, it's a really big responsibility having, yes. you know, everything that's going on. So, but they're kind of, um, they're, they're the private equity firm. They are, um, they have, they're there to basically, I guess, invest when we need it. Mm-hmm. So, so far the UK is, is self-funded, but they're quite keen on, I suppose, pulling the lever and in, injecting a lot of money into that. Um, we will be doing the US next year. So um, there's a, a big kind of um, a big job getting done at the moment to prepare for the and for the US, we wanted to do the UK first, but the UK has gone really well so far. It's only been a few weeks. I'm going over there in um, June 
it's not long away. <laughs> I'm scared already because there's so much to do. Right. And um, so, yes, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's, it's really about continually doing what we're doing, but looking at how we can do it better, how we can streamline it. Um, we certainly don't reach everyone in Australia yet. So and we reach a lot of mums, but we want to do an even better job of that, how we can continually improve our offering here and, um, and make it even better than it currently is. So there's a lot of work going from us. I mean, I'm a really firm believer with digital is that it's never done it's never you can always improve and it. there's always something new so we're constantly looking um, we've invested quite heavily in staff so we've just had you know a number of really senior hires in the past month or two we've had a new CTO come on a new marketing director and you know and that really is all about streamlining making the whole site an optimized even more optimized site and, and improving in every single place because you know the, the user experience and customer experience on site as well as um, you know the actual product and services is is critical for us as we continue to grow and continue to understand the customer journey. So is it a it's a good Australian export story, I guess, because yeah. you'll be using a lot of the content that you can generate here. And, and tweaking it where needed, but using yeah. it for all your international launches. Yeah, absolutely. So it's um, the content. You know, the audience, the audience is virtually the same. It's just um, exactly right. So the, you know, the content team here, we we have an international director, but the content team will say we'll we'll just pick you know say ten really strong content pieces, and then you have to change over kilos to pounds, mm-hmm. um, you know, capsicum to pepper, and things like that. <laughs> <laughs> all those little things. But it's they're important points because if you're in the UK reading someone nobody wants to feel that you're reading something that is from a different, from a different country so um, but yeah it's, it's, a, it's a really it's a, it's a, it's a really um, cost saving way to actually launch for us and it's a huge advantage for us in the UK doing that because we already have all this amazing content and programs we just need it just needs tweaking yeah just, just finally maybe Rianne the, are you assuming that it will work overseas or do you think that look it's I've got to treat it like a new market and just assume that yeah. no one's ever heard of us and it's going oh. to be a, a, a slow build. Yeah. So, oh, totally. So we always we treat everything as a new market. So we we launched three weeks ago, but we started building the community in the UK last September. Okay. So we went in and we built just as we do here. So it's all about grassroots. So we're not arrogant. You know, we would never go into a market and say, "Hey, look at us. We're big in Australia. Come and buy us." So we're not mm. we're not like that. So we went over and we started building a community. So our private group in the UK is now got 15,000 which is really awesome considering yeah. you know we're brand new and our UK page over there has got um, 80,000 so it's, it's you know but we went in going we're new you don't know us come over and we'll share things with you so we start off with giving everything free um, and um, and just gaining trust and letting people know who we are um, doing live videos just gaining the trust and it's, it's working so we're exactly the same as we've done it here it's grassroots however it will be accelerated a lot more faster because yeah. there's money but because we've got on the money versus here which was um, a very slow I, I mean it you know I suppose eight years to most people isn't that slow it feels like it's been slow I suppose because it has been organic how, we, how we've grown but it will be a lot faster in the UK because we do have the investment to be able to go faster. Have there been any requests for you to write to write a story about the business you know or, or do you think that'll come one day and it's maybe still a bit soon for that is you know it? I'd love to I'd love to I've just got to find the time to do it <laughs> I would I'd love to because it has been a 
honestly are crazy because I've had two kids about this as well. I mean, honestly, I could tell you a whole, <laughs> whole, whole raft of crazy stories I've been through. But yeah, I'd love to. I think it would. I think it's really interesting, and I think it's. Um, I think it proves that if you're passionate and determined, and you have an idea, you you can make a success of something. You just have to have that drive, and and I really believe never giving up on something. You, you know, if you believe in it, you just keep going. You find a way. Yeah, look, great talking to you today. Look, I, I think there's lots to learn from from your success story. I think regardless of what field a, a publisher might be in, and and even you don't even have to be digital, as you said before. You know, there's if you're in publishing, I think look at go to Healthy Mummy, look at them on different platforms, look at what they do on social, and you'll pick up some great ideas. I'm sure. But look, continued success, and we'll look forward to your uh, international rollout. Great, thank you so much. It was great chatting to you.